0: We posted a picture on Valentine's Day that we were at this restaurant. Ken's family saw that and they blasted Facebook with these horrible comments. And his sister called Ken and said, do you know that Susie's out with this man? And and
1: Oh, by the way, having an in-house therapist, there's a lot of... (laughs) ups and downs with that so
2: (laughs) but don't don't we know it
3: (laughs) I bet you do
0: (laughs) take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate a dream of transforming relationships as we know it and 20 years later we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian and this is Couples Synergy
2: And welcome back to another episode of Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray.
3: And I'm Jean. And This is our podcast about love, marriage and relationships.
2: Please check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Couple Synergy. And please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage and relationships, where we bring your you experience helping thousands of couples Transform their relationships for over 20 years.
3: You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do, create the relationship they've always dreamed of
2: with the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, we welcome guests Wayne and Susan. Welcome to our podcast, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. We're glad to be here.
0: It's an honor. We're looking forward to this.
2: Yeah, and you guys have a great story. We definitely want to get into that. So let's first start with how old are you? And how long have you been together? And what do you guys do for a living?
1: I am 65. And I just retired in April. So I've been loving life. The retirement world has been very exciting. I've never been busier. So it's been awesome. Been very happy.
0: And i'm sixty seven, and I am still working full time, and I help people become freed from stuck. And I do that through counseling and coaching, writing, teaching, speaking.
2: Awesome. And you do have a book too. I do freed from stuck. Is that correct?
0: That is correct.
2: Fantastic. We're definitely going to get into you know your book and and everything in it. Um,
0: And how
3: long have you guys been together?
2: We've been together since September of 2011. So
1: about coming up on 11 years now.
3: Okay. And can you tell us a story of how you met?
0: We actually met on a dating website. And our story actually begins with my husband, who had been, whom I was married to for uh, 25 years. In 2008, he had been diagnosed with a rare genetic disease called Catacel, which is a progressive dementia. And obviously that turned our world upside down. He could no longer work, he couldn't drive. I became responsible for our household and for his care. And when he was diagnosed, he anticipated the journey ahead and he said, I want you to be able to continue to move forward in your life and not be held back by this disease process. Mm -hmm. And what I would really like is I would like for you to be able to find a partner before I pass. Because I want to make sure you have someone who's really good. What did that feel
3: like for you when he said that? I'm sorry? What did that feel like for you when he said that?
0: At first, I was really uh, stunned. I was very surprised. Uh, But he was very serious. And he understood it was going to be a long haul. And he understood that it was going to be a challenge for us. And... Uh, he was so devoted to me that he, his concern was my well-being. So it was actually about, I think, two or three years later that I decided that I would move forward with his request. So I went on a dating website. I told my story uh, that I was the caregiver for my husband and that I was looking for companionship. Mm. And so I was on the website and Wayne was also on uh, the website as well. And so that's how we connected.
1: Yes. um, My new journey in life began also in 2008, uh, coincidentally, the same year that Susie and Ken got their news regarding his medical condition. Um, I was married for 27 years, together for 30 and in 2008, my wife passed away of a heart attack at age 52.
0: Oh. So wow.
1: That was a tough one. And so I spent, you know, the next couple of years trying to recover from that. And then finally in 2011, I decided my, my wife had told me actually just weeks before she passed that she wanted me to make sure and move forward with my life as she would want me to and not sit around and and be grieving and sad all the time so I finally decided in 2011 that I needed some companionship and so I signed up for a uh, dating website Uh, this was a website for um seniors and uh so it was there that I saw Susie's profile and read through it and found it fascinating And I wasn't sure because she detailed exactly what was going on for her with her situation with Ken about looking for a companion and how it was Ken's desire that she move forward and find someone while he's still around so he could get to know them and so forth. So I wasn't really sure how I would be able to react to this, but I was curious enough that I wanted to give it a shot and see, see how it would go. So we ended up connecting and getting together
0: and he kept coming back to my profile and every time he would come back i would be notified but he would never leave a message (laughs) so finally i contacted him and i said hey you've been like coming to my profile all weekend long but you haven't said anything and so he responded that i had had this list of questions uh you know kind of icebreaker kinds of questions And he responded by answering all of those questions. Like it was this major document.
1: I basically did a thesis.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so he he answered all the questions. And then, of course, uh, one of the things that I had said was, and if you like Barry Manilow, you get extra points. (laughs) And so what he did was he sent me a picture of his three Barry Manilow eight-tracks to prove that he, in fact, had been a Barry Manilow fan. So, you yeah. know, he, he answered the questions and he had the Barry Manilow 8-tracks. And, well, what can I say?
2: That's, I quite, got a
1: That's <laughs> quite a fan. That's quite a fan. I got the bonus credit for that. He and then, did. And then I, in turn, sent her a list of 10 questions that I wanted her to answer for me as well, which she also did a quite thorough job in answering that. So... that that was a good start and we decided that we should get together and see where this might lead
2: Mm -hmm. and what was that first date like
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i i asked her where would you like to go and so she gave me like three options three different restaurants and i said okay well let's go to bj's brewery which was not any of the three that she had given me and it's like okay and i'll in looking back, my I have three sons, and they were like, "Dad, it's hard enough to get a woman to tell you what she wants, but then to not do what she wants—that's a big, big um, mistake." So <laughs> they said, "You're lucky you made it past that one." So, and in hindsight, I think they were probably correct. That should—that
3: was probably a big warning flag right there. So it was.
0: I was like, "Hmm, note to self." <laughs>
3: Do you guys remember some of the questions that you wanted answered and why you wanted those questions answered?
0: I don't remember. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't even I don't think we even saved the profiles, so I'm not sure, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what they were, but we we both responded very thoughtfully and seriously because we understood the value of what we were seeking and the quality of person that we were wanting to be with and so when he responded as thoughtfully as he did i thought this is a man who really wants to create a good relationship he wants to be able to he wants to invest in the relationship and he's willing to do that and then when we met in person and we had a really delightful time getting acquainted he was a little bit shy and that was very sweet and uh and then when we decided to have him meet ken and they connected so beautifully they really became like brothers That hmm. it was just a really amazing experience and we call it um the story of love outside the box because not very many people would consider taking on the challenge that Wayne took on and Mm -hmm. that Ken was willing to um, encourage and support. And they became very, very close. And so Wayne came into our lives and eventually uh, Ken and our Cocker Spaniel latte moved in with uh, Wayne at his home because Ken was having more difficulties with memory. He would be outside and he would get disoriented. Mm-hmm. So we de- Wayne opened up his home to Ken and me and Latte. And so we moved in uh, his home for five years. Five or six. Years. Five or six years. And then <clears throat> uh, we decided to downsize and move back to uh, Ken and my home. And so we, uh, Wayne and I continued to take care of Ken until last December when Ken passed
2: Mm.
0: and, uh, we were with him. He was able to be at home and we were with him in that transition. It was very, very beautiful and very sacred. And he was ready to go. He had fallen in September when we were all in, uh, Arizona on vacation And, uh, they had flown him back for rehab and then he was ready to come home and he got COVID and a UTI and he fell again and had hip surgery Uh and he, um, his recovery was really limited. So he came home and when he came home, he said, I am, I'm ready to go. And he had never said that. He always had such a strong will to live and always a love for life and, um, He was just really amazing that way. And so when he said that, we knew that he was preparing to transition. So uh, that was in December of last year. And then in May, Wayne and I went to uh, Lauderdale by the sea and we took some of Ken's ashes to the ocean because he wanted that. So we wanted to honor him in that. And then we got married, Wayne and I got married on the beach at uh, lauderdale by the sea and it was really a wonderful um wonderful celebration i, I
2: think we saw a little bit of that yeah, video and it was, it was beautiful. very beautiful yes
0: did
3: you did you have any other people take you up on this offer
0: i did um, some were just curious you know um and there was maybe one person that i saw for a short period of time but i knew that it there was not really any compatibility there. Mm -hmm. He actually didn't even ever, no, I take that back. He did meet Ken, he did meet Ken, but that was really more of an issue of just not having shared values with him. He was a good man, but um, our compatibility wasn't good. So uh, I think I had been on on the website for about six months before I met Wayne and I had met several men um, but I think only one that I actually had gone out with a couple of times, mm-hmm. but when, when I met Wayne, uh, it was very, very different because he, he came with an open heart. He wasn't any sort of protective or defensive posture. He was open. He was curious and he like Ken was is such a loving man. Both men were, uh, they're amazing men. I am so fortunate, and he came into it with an open heart, and he and Ken just became very, very close. So it was, it was a really amazing relationship between them, as well as the relationship that Wayne and I have.
3: But, yeah. Wayne, yeah, Wayne, what's your? Wayne, question? I was, I was just <laughs> saying, yeah, what
2: were some of those? those early conversations you know, with Ken between the two of you and your early impressions too?
1: Well, first of all, I thought to myself, what an amazing man. Now, I didn't think there are very many men that would be willing to ask this of their wife given this situation. So just the fact that he was willing to uh, ask her to move forward with her life, not put her life on hold, that in and of itself told me a lot about Ken and what kind of a man he was. He was truly uh, an amazing, loving soul. And so I, you know, I had Ken and Latte actually moved in to my house before Susie did um, by by several months. And so I set him up with a room and uh, he loved watching television and DVDs. And so I had, a television in his room with his collection of dvds and i set him up we had a I had a huge yard with a doggy door so latte could come and go as he pleased which he loved ken didn't have to worry about having to go walk him all the time and uh, the end result i also set ken up with um, a list of chores that we would have him do on a daily basis and and i put together a spreadsheet for him to help him remember what he was supposed to do, and then he could check the box when he completed a test that that way he he could get him get things done but the result of that was that he felt like he was contributing to the household he felt that he was wanted and needed and loved, and there was like this amazing transformation with him we truly Susie and I both truly thought when we first started seeing each other that Ken would probably not last more than about a year, Um, but his will to live grew exponentially stronger, and so he, he just thrived in this environment, and he and I, you know, we had a lot of conversations. We got to be like brothers, so we would, you know, kid each other and goof around and play jokes on each other and I loved doing things with him. I would wheel him around in, in a wheelchair and take him like to the zoo or to the uh, Evergreen Lake, which he loved. That was one of his favorite places. Um, we would go to shopping malls. We took him to Florida several times. And so um, it was truly like we were brothers. We were very, very close. Was, can you
3: Can you guys share what ages were each of you when this started?
1: 2008. So I would have been like 60, no, 51, 50. Yeah, I would have been 51, I believe, 52
0: maybe. <laughs> I boy, I'd have to do the math so in you'd my head. So have been head. like 54, 50, 54, 54, and Ken was eight years older than me, so he would have been 62.
3: Yeah. So you were all very young.
0: Yes. Yes, he was. I 70. thought
3: that was an important perspective because you're not, you know, 80s. You know, you're
0: yeah,
1: well, When he passed last December, he was 75, which is very
2: young. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of um, response or reaction did you get from family?
1: That was interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Susie never had any children. So we were dealing with my three sons and they were struggling with the thought of their dad having a serious relationship. Um, You know, they were all in their twenties when, their mother passed. And so that was pretty shocking to all of them. And so we had some rough times up front where they weren't really accepting her like they should. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a lot of conflicts along the way. One of the things that happened that seemed to turn things a bit is that my middle son's best friend who's in the army, came to me and he said, you know, I don't understand why the rest of them are having problems with this. He goes, as long as you're happy, I'm happy. And they should probably understand that and do the same. So I think James perhaps had a chat with at least David and things seemed to start improving at that point. So that was definitely the right perspective to take.
3: And I could see that being pretty, um, maybe even appropriate of being concerned that maybe something weird's going on or you're being, you know, these are things that if you're this complicated and you don't know firsthand what's happening, it looks weird. But then when you know it and you see it, it's very different.
1: Yeah, from their perspective, I mean, it was definitely not a normal thing that was starting to happen here and so i'm sure they were confused by that and then just the whole tried to explain them you know we're not replacing your mother no one will ever replace your mother you know it's just your father's looking for some companionship and he's doing what carla would have wanted him to do and that's to move forward with his life so um so things started getting better and happy to say it uh, today we have a great relationship with Susie. Has a great relationship with the kids.
0: We were so thrilled when we were in uh, Fort Lauderdale and we got this unexpected package that had wine and cheese and chocolates in it. And we're like, where did this come from? And the kids had all gone together and purchased this really lovely wedding gift for us. And see, it touches me. And it was so amazing. We didn't expect that at all. And so we were thrilled. And so we felt like there had really been some healing there and that they were fully supportive of where we are in our lives. And so that really added to the joy of that celebration because we had decided we were just going to have the ceremony on the beach, just the two of us. And uh, so there were other people who wanted to attend and we said, no, we just want to do this ourselves. This is our time. And so, but we were thrilled because that was so unexpected and so delightful.
1: Yeah, when I told them so Susie and I are going to get married in Florida in May, and they're like, oh okay that's cool (laughs) 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 they were they were a a bit guarded at first but i think after they thought about it it was like all right well that's good for them so you
3: guys talk about how in in, at least in your minds and your hearts did you define things along the way you know you're in a committed marriage and he's alive and now you're dating and who's your person are they both your people did it switch at some point like what was that all like for you
0: it 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 wasn't actually as complicated as you might think because there were never issues of competition or jealousy and ken really understood and wanted it to be a transition for example sexually that uh, that Wayne and I would be together. And he was also progressing to a point where it was becoming more difficult for him. So that was a challenge for me in terms of navigating that. But again, the the emotional journey of that and the relational journey of that was really very positive. And um, I don't know if easy is the word, but it was... It was open, it was honoring, um, it was understood and uh, that that made it workable for us.
2: I imagine it required a lot of open communication, open conversations, you know, between the three of you, I, I would imagine. Can you talk about some of those, those conversations, discussions you guys had?
0: Well, I think we did, but part of what was also happening is that, with the progression of the dementia, Ken was becoming more childlike. Mm. So he was in a more dependent role. And so there the conversations were more about uh, his well-being, caring for him, what he wanted. Uh, that sort of thing. It it wasn't like we were, it wasn't really like a negotiation or in depth conversation about the situation. He just was so appreciative of Wayne because he knew that Wayne was also supporting me and helping me in this time. Mm-hmm. And so um we would talk about things as they, as we went along, but there were never any conflicts for us in that. And part of that, I think, was Ken's personality. He just was a really easygoing guy. And he he was, this was his desire. And we were honoring it. And he was fine. He was safe. He was cared for. He was loved. He was appreciated. And that's what was most important to him.
1: And Ken made it very easy and Simple, if you will, because neither one of us ever had any feelings of competition or jealousy. We both loved Susie with all our heart. And so, um, you know, I always talked about how lucky I was to have found true love twice in my life. Most, a lot of people don't even find it once, but to find it twice is is amazing. And so I was very grateful that for that um but ken and i just we were just comfortable around each other we both understood our roles and it just all seemed to come very
2: naturally
0: it really felt it was a family i mean we really did function as a family
2: Hmm. Can, can you guys talk about the role that grief played throughout your entire relationship you know with you know, losing your wife suddenly, and then having to also deal with a husband who is going through a debilitating, you know, disease, I imagine grief played out in different ways for both of you.
1: Constantly. (laughs) And still does. Grief is a weird thing. It, it never seems to ever completely go away. It just kind of gets, it it kind of fades a bit through time. But the, the just random things will suddenly trigger grief for you. Um, but we were definitely, you know, I was still grieving for Carla and and Susie was grieving for Ken as, as we went through this whole process. And it was, you know, something that we were very supportive of each other um, when we would get hit by, you know, a wave of grief, if you will. And it happened quite, quite often, but I could say we were, we had each other to lean on, and both of us are very, very loving, caring, and supportive whenever that would happen for us.
0: And our grief was different in that Wayne was dealing with the trauma of Carla's passing. And so the processing of that grief was very different for him where with the longevity of Ken's process, the grieving was a bit different. So when Wayne and I came together, he was still grieving pretty deeply. Uh, And part of that was that there wasn't a lot of support for that grieving process, other than that you were in a a group, for a, a grief support group. Um, but in his personal life there wasn't I don't think a lot of conversation about that and so
1: no and so yeah I, I did go to a support group um, for about six months after Carla passed and I look back at that as a lifesaver it was it was um, it was critical to my moving forward and starting to work my way out of this I always described the feeling that I was going through that I was on a, on a raft lost at sea with a raging thunderstorm right over my head. Black clouds, lightning, thunder, rain and everything. And so that's how it felt, especially those first few months. Um, the, the support group was comprised of people that had lost their significant other all of us in different ways. So some of them had been caregivers for long periods of time, and then and then some of us had lost our spouse quickly with little or no warning. So like with you know with an automobile accident, you know, or heart attacks or things like that. So we we discussed it quite in depth as far as that whole thing and what was. Better. Well, the, the answer is n- n- neither is better, <laughs> neither is worse, they, they all suck Is was the bottom line. So the only thing that perhaps having it happen quickly was you didn't have time to dwell on it like the people that were long-term caregivers, but they also, I, I asked them, did you spend much time with your spouse as they were go- going through the, the process um did you talk about them dying and they all said no that Hmm. they did that they did not uh which i was i guess i was a little surprised at that another thing that they told me that came true was that all of the friends that you had with your husband or wife at the time of their passing within a few years will pretty much all be gone and i i i didn't believe that but as it turned out that was true actually Hmm. so that was a surprising thing so you're kind of starting over is what it ends up being you really you really are
0: so and the grieving process with Ken of course was different for me because it actually began with the diagnosis Um, I mean it just it was like a lightning bolt he'd had a car accident he blacked out they didn't know what had happened and then they came to this diagnosis and so we, it was like a shroud was cast over our lives. And I began grieving deeply. Uh, sometimes he would go to bed at night and I would just, I would just get down on the floor and just kind of almost roll up in a little ball and just cry and cry and cry and cry. Cause I knew what was coming. I knew what was ahead and I knew the loss, hmm. not only the loss of him, but the loss of our future and our dreams and how we had lived our lives. And so my grieving process began at the time of the diagnosis. And then as I watched him deteriorate and decline, the one thing that Wayne and I have talked about is that Wayne never knew Ken when Ken was Ken. He didn't know him when he was fully functioning and alive and active. He only knew him in a state of progressive dementia. And uh, so that process of watching that decline with this man that I was with was hard. And I was appreciative of Wayne's support in that, but he would tell you that he observed my depression at times, he would observe that this was hard this was really difficult to be living in this experience of watching Ken's decline. So we both grieved and the grief was different, but um, as he said, grief sucks. And I have always said that to the degree that you love is the degree that you grieve and that there is no more difficult task for human beings than grieving. And um, we are both well-acquainted with that.
1: And Catacill, uh, as an FYI, is a genetic disease. So Ken had three brothers and a sister. All five of them were diagnosed with this disease.
2: Oh, wow. Um, yeah. they,
1: all, they all have the, the, the gene that causes this. The thing is, it doesn't always get activated. So right now, his sister and one of his brothers do have the gene but they have that it has not been activated so they're still fine if you will um, of the other two brothers one passed away before ken as a result of this disease and the other one is in pretty bad shape so it's a it's a weird thing but they're they're all born with it so
3: how did ken's family do with your guy's situation
1: not well at first
0: oh my not well at first at all um they they did not there wasn't a lot of close communication with his siblings uh and we were kind of connected on facebook kind of but there wasn't they you know lived other places and um it was uh, in February, I don't remember what year, Wayne and I had posted a picture because all of our people around us knew, right? And, and our local people here. Um, we posted a picture on Valentine's Day that we were at this restaurant. Ken's family saw that and they blasted Facebook Oof. with these horrible comments about me being a whore and adulteress. And I mean, it was really vicious. Mm -hmm. So we immediately unfriended and blocked all of them. And his sister called Ken and said, do you know that Susie's out with this man? And and Ken explained it to her. And then she was like, oh my God, I can't believe we did what we did and um so so she, they thought
2: you were going behind Ken's back yes yeah, see because we were... they
0: didn't know anything about that relational structure they weren't mm-hmm. privy to that and um what came out of that was amazing because his sister came back to me and said i am so Sorry, I am so sorry. And what came out of that was that she and I became very close, and the rest of the family didn't directly apologize, but she was kind of the matriarch of the family system and she had communicated to everybody about this. And it was amazing because we were actually in. Uh, Arizona and we had visited with his sister and another brother there and they both said to us thank you so much for taking such good care of our brother we are so appreciative of both of you and it was actually his sister that flew back with him from Arizona uh, to make sure he would make it safe back to Denver and so we we became very very close and um, yeah it turned out okay but boy that that uh, tailspin that was that was pretty hard. Yep. How did you guys decide
3: to get married? Is it something you had been thinking about for a long time? Did it just pop up and it was the right moment?
1: <laughs> it just kind of evolved out of nowhere, really. We yeah. we had the trip to florida already scheduled and planned and i don't even remember which one of us just c- casually mentioned in passing that maybe we should because we loved lauderdale by the sea that's like our favorite place to go in the fort lauderdale area um so maybe we should exchange vowels when we're on the beach and it's like hmm well that would that sounds like a good idea well from there it just kind of got a life of its own and turned into what it turned into so we went we ended up going out and getting rings and hiring a videographer and a photographer and getting outfits and everything and it turned into an an actual ceremony albeit not officiated by a pastor or anything like that it was just us exchanging vows but it it basically transformed itself into a wedding yeah and and I remember you know, for all those years when you would be filling out a form for somebody or something on Facebook, like you say your marital status, I was for all those years I was widowed, and I remember after this, the first time that I got to check the box saying that I was married, again, it was such an awesome feeling. It just brought a smile to my face, made me feel feel really good. So, and
0: it. It was the thing that we knew that Ken would want. Um, when Ken and I met, I had told him originally, now you just need to know I'm single. I'm a professional woman. I don't have any desire to be married. We'll have a committed relationship, but we're not going to do the wedding stuff. I'm, you know. And finally, I came to a point after, I think, five years that I said, you know, this is really important to Ken. So... I'm gonna, I'm gonna get married, and so uh, we went out to dinner. I said, "Hey, let's go out to dinner tonight." And he's like, "Oh, okay." And we're at the restaurant. I pulled out a piece of paper, and do you remember the game Hangman where you, you know, you fill in the blanks? So I put the blanks down, and I said, "Okay, let's play some Hangman." And he looked at me like that's really weird, (laughs) but you know, he's he was a good sport. Like, okay, he's always up for a great, you know, fun thing, and so he starts filling it out, you know, and it says. Will, will you, will, will, will you, will you marry me? And he goes, will you marry me? And I looked at him and I said, will you marry me? And his eyes got so big. I mean, he looked like he just, you know, he was shocked. He was totally shocked. And he said, yes, yes. And so uh, he was thrilled because that was what he wanted. He had had three prior marriages and um, he was so happy to have found a relationship where he was really loved and appreciated for who he was. And he, he, he was a good guy and the women that, he had drawn to himself in those relationships, didn't really appreciate the jewel that he was, and so when I said to him, um, "Will you marry me?" he was thrilled, and so so we got married, and 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 that was a good thing, and so he would have wanted that for Wayne and me as well, and so we we very much felt that uh, Ken and Carla were looking down and blessing our ceremony on that beach
3: can you talk about um knowing what you know now with the wisdom that you have today if you spoke to that part of you that had no interest in ever being married why why did you feel that way back then and what would you say to that part of you now
0: I I would say to that part of me I totally get that you did not feel a need for that kind of legal structure in the relationship, and that honestly getting married didn't really change uh, the quality of our relationship or how it felt. To me, it didn't. It felt the same because it had always been a loving, committed relationships. So I would say to that part, um, either way is better. And I would say that I am glad to be either single or in a relationship or married. I really think what's important is that we are able to live our life in the way that is most honoring and satisfying. And for me, I loved my independence and I also loved companionship. So I was happy either way.
3: Before you ever were legally married, did you ever, did you have a feeling that it wouldn't be that way? That if you did, you were giving something up or that it would that it would be something other than it ended up being?
0: No, because I didn't see being committed in a to in a relationship as giving up something other than for me, uh, one of the first things that Ken and I faced in our relationship was I was used to to um, managing my own schedule and doing my own thing. and so sometimes I would go off and do something, and he would be like, "Um." where are you? What are, what are you doing? And, you know, you could just like, let me know. And I was like, oh, I'm not used to having to let someone know. Right. So that was kind of an adjustment that we went through in the relationship. And I finally got the hang of it, of how to do that. But that was, you know, that was probably the only thing I think in my vows, I said, um, what did I say? You relinquished your, oh, you relinquished your mustache and your bachelor pad And I relinquished my scheduling. And those were really the sacrifices that we made in our relationship.
2: Obviously, your spouse is very different people, right? And so how is your marriage to each other different than your previous marriages?
0: Mm, That's a great question. Mm. I obviously didn't know Carla. Carla. So um I I don't see that contrast in the same way, but Ken and Wayne are both very much alike, personality-wise, pretty easy going, very loving, open heart, fun, um, honest, hardworking men. The contrast probably what that's been the greatest is that Wayne's really into sports and Ken was really into sci-fi. And so they're like different worlds, right? And so that has probably been one of the greatest contrasts with them. Also, Ken was much more neat. (laughs)
3: Hmm. I wish they had the video on that one (laughs) right
0: it's true and so I had to I had to work with that inside myself for Wayne to be who he was but it was a struggle because Ken and I always kept a neat orderly home environment we just that that was an easy flow for us and Wayne is more of a just kind of throw it here or there you know and uh so that has been an adjustment I think for me in in our relationship and that it certainly was contrasting for them
1: although I do believe I've made some progress in that area
0: (laughs) We had a housekeeper come by, oh, I don't know, about a month ago. And she walked into the bedroom and she looked and she goes, what are all these shoes? And I said, those are Wayne's shoes. And she goes, why are they all here? (laughs) I said, you'll have to ask him. So what was it about two weeks later? Wayne went and, and got a shoe shelf put it in his closet, and now he has a shelf for all his shoes.
1: (laughs) I I completely remodeled my closet. He remodeled his
0: closet. It's now
1: orderly and very nice, and I have a place for all my shoes. So, and I've been doing a pretty good job of putting them on the shoe shelf, so.
0: He's been doing an excellent job of putting, oh, it's so, it's so amazing. It's just wonderful. Just does my heart good.
2: (laughs) Well, now that shots have been fired, Wayne, you are. You are you, what, uh-huh.
1: What uh-huh. <laughs> well, how how was the difference between my relationship with Carla and with Susie? Well, um, I mean, it was completely different with Carla because we were we met when I was going to college. And so I I, I graduated from college on a Friday, Carla and I got married the very next day on a Saturday. And then that following Monday, we were going to move to Dallas, Texas to uh, for my job that I had accepted with a computer company. Um, And then that Monday morning, get a phone call from the guy that was going to be my boss informing me that they had shut the office down and that there were that my job was no longer available. Sorry, thank you. Have a nice life. Click goodbye so it's like okay well now what because we would both quit our jobs, we were literally ready to move you know pack all of our worldly goods into a 73 toyota celica and move to dallas that day and uh so she ended up getting a job her old job back at the truck stop in rapid city south dakota and got me a job as a um as a fry cook so those after that was the next three months i wasn't a real pleasant person to be around um because i was pretty disillusioned with so all of the recruiting that i had done you know i turned down lots of job offers those were all gone now so but one day we made friends with a truck driver over time we made friends with a truck driver who lived in denver and I was lamenting one evening about you know the situation. And he says, Why don't you guys move to Denver? The and we go, Yeah, right. With what, our good looks and charm? Because we had, you know, hardly a penny to our name. And uh he goes, I got a place in Denver and I'm only there like two days a month. So you're welcome to stay there as long as you need to, to get on my uh, get on your feet. So so we took him up on the offer and moved to Denver. So, you know, it was and early in our marriage, Carla was diagnosed with uh, cervical cancer. So we were told that we needed to, we were going to have children. We needed to have them as quickly as we could, because if this ever came back, she would need to have a full hysterectomy. Um, so so the, hence, we had three boys early in our marriage. And being a computer, I, I did end up getting a job with NCR, who was the company that had. I was going to move to when worked in Dallas, they were the ones that I ended up working for in Denver. And so, um, being a computer guy, I, I traveled a lot. So she was the mother of my three children. And, and I was, well, you know, people say behind every successful businessman is, is a good woman. Well, that never was it more true than with us. Cause she was, uh, raising the boys while I was gone about half the time on the road with the computer career. So she was amazing. She was the reason for my success. It was uh, an awesome, awesome 30 years. She was an incredible woman. She was, she, there are similarities between Carla and Susie because both of them, every person they come in contact with, they seem to affect those people's lives. Carla was that way. And so was Susie. Yeah, it, it was just an amazing natural talent that they both had. I would always, I, I would watch this of uh, both of them in amazement because, you know, it's just something that comes naturally that she, like people are attracted to both of them and seek advice, uh, which is not solicited. It's, it's, and, um, uh, they both have a way of offering simple yet profound positive advice. They were both the same the same way. It was pretty pretty amazing. So,
0: and how would you see us as contrasting?
1: As contrasting, boy.
0: Well, Carla, one was a mother of your children,
1: right? So there's a big difference there because you were never a mother, so. Unless you have children, I don't know that you can truly ever fully understand the challenges that you go through raising kids. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very, very tough job. Um, so that was probably the biggest difference is that she was a mother and and you were not. So.
0: And she also had shared interest in sports in a way that I don't share with you yeah and and
1: camping our thing yes yeah our thing was you know we did we we went to and and watched a lot of sports stuff together camping we would do a lot of camping Susie's idea of roughing it camping is uh spending some time at the Hilton in Vail (laughs) 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 yeah that's a huge huge contrast right there I still love the outdoor stuff and I try Mm -hmm. to Like I just got back two weeks ago from um, a week backpacking trip in western Wyoming in the southern Tetons, which uh, in the Wind River Wilderness Area, which I've been back there backpacking probably at least 25 times over the years. As a matter of fact, the lake that we generally go to, we built a memorial back in the woods, deep in the woods, far, far away, somewhere where nobody would ever find. A memorial to Carla, um, and so part of the reason we go back to this area is to have a little ceremony, a tribute, if you will, to Carla. So it's a very special, sacred place, and it's it's pretty amazing. So
2: that's, that's always- wonderful. Actually, Gene and I are uh, avid backpackers ourselves, and and hikers and it's why we moved to Colorado because we love hiking the mountains out here and did our first 14er last week.
3: Congratulations. Last Thursday
2: Thursday, yeah it was in celebration of my uh, birthday.
1: Which one did you do? We
2: did Handy's uh, Handy's Peak.
1: Okay well I'll tell you backpacking in Colorado versus backpacking in Wyoming is like night and day. Uh, Wyoming is not nearly as brutal as most of the yeah, yeah it's
2: pretty <laughs> brutal yeah we did a 20-day hike on the john muir trail in 2016 and hiking here in colorado <laughs> is so much so much more difficult
3: yeah it's yeah.
1: harder to harder to find lakes uh back in the tetons There are so many lakes the fishing is amazing mm-hmm.
3: so we'll have to we'll have to plan yeah we'll then. have to plan a trip that would be great so Susie, how did you get into the work that you do
0: uh, I was actually in graduate school completing my master's in education, and um, I was attending a seminary, and I, we used to have chapel services, and I was sitting in chapel one day, and the speaker was saying, uh, with Jesus, you're never alone. And I remember thinking, so with Jesus, uh, I'm never alone. Why the hell do I feel so alone? And I got up and walked out of the chapel and I went outside and outside of the chapel was the uh, one of the counseling professors. And I said to him, I need to talk to you. And it was from that conversation with him that I decided to go into my own therapy. I was so intrigued by the process and was so amazed uh, with the experience that I decided that I would stay and get an additional master's in counseling. So I made a shift then from education over to counseling and that's really how I got into that field. And it has just been really incredibly satisfying for me.
2: Tell us about the book.
0: The book is called Freed From Stuck. And I never expected to write a book, but it was a colleague who had started a publishing company that said, I bet you have a book in you. If you give me an hour and a half, I'll find that book in you. And I said, okay, I'll give you an hour and a half. And he did. What came out of that conversation was that I realized that in all of the aspects of my work, whether it was as a psychotherapist or a coach or a hypnotist or a, a, a speaker, that in all of those arenas, what I was doing was helping people become freed from stuck. Mm-hmm. So we began to put this together and identify the elements that are necessary to truly be freed from stuck and to, um, to build on that, to stay free from stuck and to continue to expand life and Um, put it together. And it just, it came out with this amazing acronym of F-R-E-E-D that talks about the five elements.
2: Oh, wonderful. That's pretty cool.
0: Um,
2: So we're going to put this in the show notes, but where can someone get a copy of your book and where can they find out more about you?
0: The book is available on Amazon and they can find out about me on my website, which is freedfromstuck.com.
3: Fantastic. And last question: What is it that your partner does that you know they love you?
1: That would be easy for me. I I have had a lot of times where I'm needing some advice, and oh by the way, having an in-house therapist. There's a lot of both <laughs> ups and downs with that. So, <laughs> but don't,
2: don't we know it?
3: <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> but
1: she, she's we're we're always very comfortable and and we spend a lot of time sitting out on our lanai just talking and and asking each other advice on things and so she's always there for me she's always supportive she's loving and it's just such an amazing feeling it's it's great having someone there for you unconditional love
0: mm-hmm. You know, I I probably experience uh, Wayne's love in so many ways every day. We really live our lives in a state of gratitude every day, and we're so appreciative of everything that we have, the experiences of our of our lives, and um, we we always have this exchange every day. I love you. I love you more, no you don't, I love you more. So we have this teasy kind of thing that we do every day, probably. We even kind of wrote it into our vows in that um, I had I had the last word in the vows, right? So I chose as the song at the end of the vows to be more. So I finished my vows and then I they played the song more. And we're dancing and he goes, oh, now I get it. You got the last more. (laughs) It was like, yeah, I did. So that's a very fun thing that we do. But I'll tell you, he expresses love not only in that way and that he's so affectionate, uh, but also he doesn't have any issues running the vacuum or doing the dishes or running the errands, or he really just enjoys participating in our relationship in any way that can be supportive of me, particularly that I'm still working and he's retired. He really has, he's always been this way, but he steps up and he just does the simplest, but most important things. And for me, that is an expression of love.
1: And one of my zens is cooking. So I love to cook. Um, I'll pour a glass of wine, put on some jazz or whatever, and, and cook. And so I, I cook pretty close to all the meals, all the meals for our, for our family. And so I remember reading something where they asked, uh, someone, what's the most important thing that you have in your kitchen? And her answer was a chef. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's very nice. <laughs> very nice.
2: Uh, Susie and Wayne, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. This was really wonderful.
0: Thank you. It thank was you. an honor. It a delightful conversation. Great questions. Thank you.
3: People have been sharing their stories since the beginning of time. and We hope that by you guys sharing your story it's enriched your lives and lives for our listeners
1: and we do believe that like her freed from stuck there's another book out here um, so stay tuned yeah. that one of these days
2: well we want to thank all of you for joining us today on couple synergy our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships and this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you our listeners for all of you listening, please let us know how you enjoy the show. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at For more information about Couples Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the Home Study Course, the Couples Weekend Intensive, and our premier coaching program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com.
3: And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, Please download it and share it. And thank you for listening.
2: Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love.
0: You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded,
3: edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian.
0: Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.